Alonzo Nunez. <laughs> My original OG podcasting brother is here. You're back from Nepal. It's been a little, little bit, but we're going to pretend like you just came back. I'm going to bring you back mm-hmm. to that first fucking day and week coming back from Nepal. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're going to squeeze all the wisdom and all the good shit that we can out of this to share it with our dream talking listeners to share it with the world the good stuff so they can take a little piece of it and bring it into their lives and their days so Alonzo welcome to dream talking welcome back I should say it's welcome back it's welcome back that's the only one to listen to now I'm really not that important no I'm not, not either not that none of us are that important but we gotta do something with this time. We gotta pass the time in some way, so we're gonna record some of the time we passed together, talking about it and sharing some wisdom because you never know where people are at, man. Some people might need to hear what insights and um, revelations you came across on your trip to Nepal. Not everyone can do that. I can't do that. I can't go take four weeks and go hang out in Nepal. So, share it with the listeners. Let them know what uh, insights and revelations you came upon, and we'll uh, we'll dig into it. So, <clears throat> if I, if I, do you have a like a specific question, or you want to just talk about? Okay. I do. So, this is my buddy Alonzo. Um, just in Nick's little world of podcasting and dream talking, my first podcast ever that I recorded and released was with you. I want to say this is 2000. I know, yeah, you remember? Station K. Station K? Station K, man. 2018, I want to say? Oh, yeah, I made a little paper, little puppet. <laughs> a little pa- yeah. puppet as we were talking. Oh, really? I don't know if that's. That, it's still out there somewhere on the web, but uh, that was a podcast ago. That was the old podcast. Uh, this one is Dream Talking, which you have done an episode on. Mm-hmm. This was, uh, I want to say, May of 2022. So we're going on two years ago, the last time we did one together. It was good. We talked about death and, and the anxiety of losing your family and a lot of good stuff. It's up there. Episode 20, somewhere around there. But uh, okay. we're back. And um, we're back specifically. I planned on having you back after your trip to Nepal mm-hmm. uh, to talk about that. Mm-hmm. And to see where you're at and to share some wisdom with the listeners. So uh, I'll just let you know up front, majority of the listeners are Paul Hederman, you know, Zen bitch slap uh, yeah, I know. I know world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I know. You've been to a couple of Paul meetings. Mm-hmm. You know what's up. Mm-hmm. So there's no reason to like clarify the basic shit. They know. They understand non-duality. They understand consciousness. They understand sort of the deeper meaning of where he, yeah that we have to use words yeah we got to use words, words right <laughs> where we're stuck with these yeah. these imperfect tools of words yeah. but what else do you got right is what we have yeah. we're going to try to use words to mm-hmm. explain that which is beyond words mm-hmm. and i'm sure you had a lot of those experiences while you were um trekking in nepal so i'm going to just say tell us your story of going on a hike in nepal and we'll see where it goes from there mm-hmm. It wasn't really just small experiences. It was more of a uh, now that now that I'm back here, you know, 
you try to take you get takeaways right kind of cut key points and uh, I think I think the one thing that I can say that I remember and that I try to use as almost as a tool because these are just memories right but what I <clears throat> what I like to use now day to day you know when in traffic or when you know when you're at work or when you whatever whatever situation arises in front of you because life's always unraveling right you can never foresee everything but I think what I like to use is um, so when we were trekking at some point you know we would walk for so long and it'd be at an at an incline right because we were always um, moving up in elevation mm-hmm. and so, so it wasn't just like a you know flat surface right where you're just walking you're always you're constantly going up and you're going for miles and miles and I think our longest day was something like 26 28 miles or something something like that uh, with with less with not as much oxygen either you know at the at the highest point I think there was half the oxygen levels that the that, that that's here at sea level here in the Bay Area yeah. that's what we're used to um, so <clears throat> what I remember is we would just focus and everybody that was on the trek with me, uh, my brother and my cousin, well, something that we remember is that we would just focus on our next step. Like that's, there's nothing, there was no other room for, for anything else, for all, everything that happens here in our day-to-day life. You know, there's no, there's no room for that there. You know, you, you walk and you're just constantly focused on taking the next step and, until you reach your you know your destination and we'd have to continue walking or us you know we wouldn't have a place to sleep or a place to eat you know yeah. in our place you know to refill our water you know um we, we had life straws really if we really needed to drink from the river but i think the one big takeaway is to focus on what's going on right now at this very second yeah, and I like to use that. Uh, I like to use that a lot when you know when we're dealing with stuff back home, um, whether it be financial issues or you know stuff that goes on with your family, or even successes. You know, <clears throat> it doesn't have to just be um, negative. Yeah, just, yeah, you know the trials and tribulations of of life. Pretty much, it's the successes and defeats. So you use you can you can use it anywhere. It's just take a second to focus on what's going on right now. And the same way that you take your winnings is the same way you take your losses. And it's just, you know, it's just life unraveling itself. Yeah, really. I mean, we're just, we're all just guests here. We're all just, you know, a little, little assignment. Uh, and it's all temporary, so. Yeah, the thing that comes to mind, I think I said this to you, our first conversation after you came back, Confucius said, um, f- full belly, thousand problems empty belly one problem right mm-hmm. that's pretty good yeah and that sounds like mm-hmm. when you were in Nepal and you were deep in it on those 26 mile days mm-hmm. your problem was the next step mm-hmm. because if you don't make sure you're hydrated if you don't make sure you're breathing right and you don't take that next step right you're going to have some real problems like at a primal health Mm -hmm. survival Mm -hmm. level Mm -hmm. right 
And so you had one problem in front of you and it was the next step and the next step after that. And all the thousand problems of, you know, finances, work, family, you know, friendship, drama, mm -hmm. everything else didn't have any room in your brain because you had to you had to take that next step. You got down to that base primal level. Um and you were there for for multiple days, for multiple weeks at a time. Mm -hmm. And um you know, I remember when you came back my first conversation with you, I was like, Oh shit, this dude you sounded different. Your 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 tonality, your vibe was like bro this traffic you know work <laughs> whatever the shit that normally stresses us out it's just not a thing right mm -hmm. now because i just dealt with a month of mm -hmm. of real life stuff of surviving of hydration of fucking substance food mm -hmm. and of oxygen and oxygen yeah yeah, yeah. breath yeah Mm -hmm. and, I, I, and the right breathing pattern and, mm -hmm. and I think there's really something to learn from that I mean I haven't been in the same physical condition in my lifetime I haven't gone on a hike like that or whatever but I connect to it deeply and I hope the readers can recognize the the real the readers the listeners can recognize a real uh, lesson in that of what's right here immediate in front of you mm -hmm. you know your next step your next meal whether it's for you or for your family or whatever else that it is and um it simplifies stuff on such a cool base level and uh i, I know we've talked a couple times since you've been back so it's not quite as fresh as it was the first time that you got back but i I hope that, that can kind of stay with you when the usual bullshit of Western culture and Western civilization and the hustle and this, this and that pops up can be like, wait, do I have fucking hydration, food and and oxygen? Okay, I'm good. Um, I'm my my basics are taken care of in a way, right? And uh, um, everything else on top of that is just sort of bonus. Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you know that. Yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. Yeah, so I knew, I knew, I knew even before I left on the trip and during the trip, and as soon as I got back from the trip, that you know, um, the way we live and where we live, you know how competitive it is, and what it demands. You know what you know day in and day out is gonna is gonna weigh on you and it's gonna you know kind of twist. How, how we think you know and to, to escape that for a while and to see that there's uh, you know another another way of living you know on these mountains you know I, I knew as I said I knew eventually I'd get back to the way you know you know a product pretty much a product of our environment you know we, we are you know we're, where we live you know it demands a certain type of person and how we have to live and, and I just knew I would have to at least I'd want to make a just a little tool almost out of it mm -hmm. to where if I can just refer back to how I felt <clears throat> when I was over there that it would help me out just a little you know even in like the one of the best examples is traffic you know you go in traffic and you see how some people are in traffic 
you know how <clears throat> you know how upset they get if somebody cuts them off or how, how much in a hurry they are you know at all at all costs you know what I'm saying they're trying to get home and <clears throat> and just they make they take it personal and yeah. you know if I can use that just in traffic alone then that then that's enough you know you know it's just it's just crazy sitting in traffic and, and just kind of sitting back and watching if people get upset <clears throat> over something small <laughs> when they really don't they don't need to you know yeah we're all just you know just trying we're to all, we're all yeah we're all just here on the side of us you know but uh, yeah I remember when you first came back you talked about some of the people you interacted with that only ever have lived in Nepal basically right that that's their whole world mm-hmm. their whole culture and to like to try to explain to them the idea of how crazy the real estate market is in the Bay Area <laughs> or to try to explain to them how difficult the traffic situation is in the Bay Area it, it, it'd be like explaining to a Martian basically mm-hmm. it'd be like mm-hmm. explaining to a person that doesn't even live on this planet because mm-hmm. they just can't relate they can't connect with that reality that you know when you sit in this giant metal machine for hours and hours at a time and you get pissed off because somebody like cuts you off and you lose five seconds mm-hmm. between mm-hmm. the time that you get to get home but mm-hmm. when we're here when we're in the bay area when we're in this western city life we're so closely identified with it that that five seconds is everything because we already feel like we're losing in so many ways. You're going to take five more seconds from me before I get home? You're going to take ten more seconds from me before I can get home? And we take it so personally. And it seems like you've got a taste of such a different way of perceiving life and time and what it means to be human that you can carry a little bit of that, of that over to where somebody cuts you off and you go alright well it is what it is I'm not gonna let it fuck my night up mm-hmm. if somebody cut me off and got five seconds on me um, I, I think there's something about understanding that intellectually but seeing it living in that different culture and that different world and then coming and living in this world I think I, I can see it in you that it it's affect you at a deeper level than it can for the average person that tries to force it upon themselves intellectually um oh, well, let me just ask I have a couple of questions what was it like interacting with the uh, Nepalian people like I'm sure there's a language barrier I'm sure there was a cultural barrier mm-hmm. did you have any any interactions any conversations with them yeah, yeah, no, they're, they're, like, really, like, nice, peaceful people. I'm, t- I'm not talking about people, like, I'm not to say that, I'm, okay, so when I'm, when I'm talking about them, I'm talking about people on the mountain, so not, not necessarily the capital, when we interact with people in the capital, mm-hmm. uh, or in uh, Pokhara, which is, a, like, a smaller uh, city type of, you know, area, you know, so it's more, way more touristy enough, but, like, in, in the mountains, um, the people there are really nice, you know. They're really, really nice. They're they're 
it's funny because I sat there one day, <clears throat> you know, because most days we would walk, we'd get up early, uh, eat a little breakfast, and walk all day, and uh, maybe get to our, our our destination for the day, you know, around three, four, four o'clock, <clears throat> five o'clock. Um, shower up, regardless, you know, for us, you know, for me, we 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 sweat a lot. Um, for them, they didn't, you know, the Nepalese, the guide, uh, he didn't sweat too much, or even the uh, porters that helped carry, you know, a couple of our things. Um, they didn't, they don't really sweat, so they don't really need to shower. So, but we would shower, that'd be kind of the routine. We'd shower, get ready for dinner. And there'd be times where we'd just kind of sit there and have like our alone time. Like, what would we do with our time? Sometimes, you know, we'd, you know, we'd play chess or we'd play cards or whatever it is. But sometimes we'd, I'd sit there. I like to just sit there. And there was a town before Manang where we, I would just sit there. And I was watching this, like, older Nepali, um, uh, I'm assuming a couple. And they were just working on their place. Like, they were just, mm. like, renovating, like, like, some stairs or something, right, in their, in their place. Some wooden stairs. And it just seems so peaceful, you know? And <clears throat> I guess to answer your question is, like, for how, like how people were, um, they were really, like, helpful, really accommodating. Like, almost like, it truly was, like, they call it a guest house, you know, where you would sleep. You know, they call it a guest house because you truly were, like, their guest. You'd come in, you'd meet the people, the, the, the owner, whoever was of the, of the home, and then they show you where your room is at and they personally would cook your food and um, I don't know there's a lot of laughs a lot of um, sharing and the guide the guide I think becomes a guide by learning English you know and I think the way it works out there is you start off as a porter where you would carry you know the tourists or whoever it is right that's trekking you'd help carry some of their things and then if you learn the uh, enough English, right, in school and in while portering, you would become a guide. And then the guide would be kind of like the middleman between us and the Nepali people. If we wanted to, like, ask them, you know, or try and do some stuff. But yeah. overall, the people were super peaceful, man. Super nice. Like, I don't know. It was, it was great, man. It was... It was I, I can't think of one bad experience with any of them over there that's really cool mm -hmm. and how would you con contrast that with the average person you come across here in the bay area well that see it's funny because the way that i perceive people here um i guess the way we interact with people here is, how, is pretty much how i perceive it so like if, if I were to talk to somebody at Safeway, you know, and I come with an attitude of, you know, accepting and, and, and a loving, accepting attitude and just like, hey, you know, I genuinely have this question or I gen whatever it is that we're talking about is genuine, mm -hmm. then that's what it is. But if so, if, if what I get back is what, the, you know, if it's what's received, you know, what they give back seems negative or whatnot i don't you know, i don't i don't really let it affect me too much you know it's like it is what it is you know maybe they're having a bad day mm -hmm. 
you know, maybe something happened to them where, you know, where they need to respond in some manner that isn't peaceful and, and loving, right? But, um, I don't know. I, 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 but overall, I think out here, it's uh, way more competitive. Yeah. You know, way more, way more, way more for yourself, way more cutthroat, way more status. And... <clears throat> I don't know, but it's but that's what it's really. You can't blame these people because that's what it's demanding out here. You know, it's what it's what's. That's what it takes. It is. It is what you know. You know what I mean. It is. That's what that's that's what's going on out here. Not, I'm sure people didn't ask for that. The average person didn't ask, to be you know in such a competitive market, but. No. You know, it forces our hand. It forces a lot of people's hands to, act a certain way. And. Even though I do try to better myself, you know, at an action figure level, financially, yeah. um, I don't know, man. I don't, I don't know that'll affect me because I can, I can dial it driving home later, or I can, you know, die tomorrow. And, yeah, you know, just as long as I live the, you know, a genuine life where I was compassionate and understanding. Then I mean, that's the way I want to live my life, you know. And I think that's how I, how I hope to see other people, you know, even here here or in Nepal, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, to get the message that uh, that is valuable, to be genuine, to be compassionate, um, it, it's, it seems to be harder to do here in the Bay Area, in this culture. You know, I, one of the last podcasts I did was right here on this couch with uh, Dylan Weidman, do the young Frodo Uniwheel across the country. And uh, I went to a Paul meeting, and afterwards at coffee, somebody said, hey, this is Dylan's last day. He's flying back to New York tonight. And I said, hey, man, do you got a, do you got a ride to the airport? He goes, no, I was planning to take an Uber. I said, oh, dude, I'll give you a ride. You know, where are you going, SFO? And he goes, oh, yeah, thanks, man. That's uh, you're the first person that offered to give me a ride to the airport. A lot of people knew I was flying, but you're the first person to offer. Mm-hmm. And I go, oh, right on. Like, that's cool. And he goes, yeah, uh, I had seven people on the other side where I'm landing in New York offer to pick me up. But I had no one until you offered to give me a ride to the airport. And that kind of gave me a sign, you know, the difference between the West Coast and the East Coast. And he said something that I've only ever really lived here, so I don't know any other culture for an extended period of time. But Dylan's, he's a gypsy, he's traveled all around the world. He goes, the culture of the West Coast is money. It's all money. It's all status, as you said. Mm -hmm. It's all individuality. Mm-hmm. How can I make sure that I'm taken care of? Mm-hmm. And it's not It's not that the people are particularly selfish or bad. Yeah. It's that this, this marketplace demands that of us. Mm-hmm. If we don't handle our own business, we're not going to have a fucking shelter. Starve. We're going to starve. We're mm-hmm. not going to have food. We're, we're not going to have a shelter. Place, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. the, the, the housing market is insane. The rental market is fucking nuts. 
just to have a fucking roof over your head, just to have food on the table, mm-hmm. takes... You have to be selfish. You have to look out for number one. And uh, it's it's worse now than ever. And um, I'm saying this because I know the majority of my listeners are people that are regulars at Paul's. You know, they're here in the Bay Area. And uh, the whole world isn't necessarily like this. This is an extreme example. Mm-hmm. And I think you got a good mm-hmm. taste of that by going mm-hmm. to Nepal and mm-hmm. been to other countries, you know. Thailand and all over the place um, and it's sometimes good to just get a little bit of distance from that and realize like the hustle and bustle of just fucking getting by it's not necessarily natural and we are sort of meant to look out for one another just a little bit more than we're kind of conditioned to in this culture that we live in um, and it's just the nature of the beast this is where we're at. You want to live in the Bay Area. You want to live in the West in California. Um, you're going to have to hustle. You're going to have to work really freaking hard. Just have a roof over your head and just have food on the table. And um, There are other ways, you know. Mm-hmm. And you've seen that in Nepal. Mm-hmm. And uh, you've seen a different value structure, you know, of what's important to people. And... I think being able to take that here, we were talking earlier, we haven't yet quite on the podcast on the recording, but we are talking earlier about stoicism. We've talked a little bit on Dream Talking about that. I think that's sort of the bridge between this is the reality of the world that we live in. You've got to work. You've got to make serious money to uh, put food on the table, to put a shelter over your head, and... Um, all of the great Stoics sort of knew that. Seneca, Marcus Aurelius, uh, Epictetus, all the Stoics knew that you have to play by the rules of the culture. You have to play by the rules of society. Um, but you don't have to be a slave to the rules of society. So a lot of people figure out the rules of society. They make the money. They um, they have the home and the car and the and the job the status, they got some nice shoes, they got some nice clothes, but they're a slave to it in a way that they're not finding that peace and that distance and that separation from that inside. And what Stoicism offers is both, that you can handle business, that you can take care of um, putting a shelter over your head and over the head of your family and the people that you care for and take care of um, but you can also find that peace inside and you can know your true strength is beyond the number in your bank account or the car that you drive. Your true strength is, hey, when, when all I need to do is take that next step in Nepal, make sure I was hydrated, make sure that I was fucking breathing, I was able to do it day in and day out. And... Um, when you can carry that with you back here I think that it can give you a sort of strength and assurance that a lot of people don't know a lot of people are sort of guessing I think if shit hits the fan I'll be alright but I don't really know because shit hasn't really hit the fan and I think that's the value of going to a third world country 
that's the value of putting yourself in an uncomfortable situation um, and uh, that's what I've seen in you man and I hope that it that it stays and it sticks any thoughts on that? yeah as far as it's sticking yeah it's just, <clears throat> just part of your tool belt you know as far as you know, going to be a <clears throat> man and navigating to this world you know we have children and people that <clears throat> look to us um, and you know we have to look we have to like I guess give this perception that we know what we're doing because yeah. <clears throat> they they can smell it those are, those our children our family those that are looking to us mm-hmm. they know when we're faking the funk mm-hmm. and they know when it's real and genuine mm-hmm. And uh, our, I know my job, and I know you. I know you feel that your job is to present that this is genuine. I really have the strength within mm-hmm. that you can count on me as a man. You know, um, you can't fake that shit. And uh, if you are a man, and you do have people looking up to you, and you don't feel that inside, you gotta fucking find it. Whether it's by doing something difficult, going to jujitsu class, going for fucking hard ass runs or hikes, mm-hmm. or putting yourself in uncom- uncomfortable situations, because um, it's not just about you. you. You know, when you're a man, you got other people looking up to you, and uh, um, if you don't believe it, they won't believe it. You know, that's the value in, in doing hard shit. And doing things that scare you. You know. Um, so, it's commendable, man. To fucking fly halfway around the world and go for a hike for 30 days. <clears throat> you didn't have much cell reception, right? Uh, yeah, no. Well, just, just to clarify, it wasn't a, it wasn't a 30-day hiking. Okay. Uh, I, mean, I, was, I was gone for basically a month, but <clears throat> a couple of days were spent. Last couple of days were spent in... Uh, you know Portugal, yeah. Kind of. Uh, How many days did you hike? Twenty one. Uh no, it was in total of walking, walking. It's fifteen yeah. day hike. Fifteen days. Yeah. Uh, the entire trek though was the entire trip to Nepal was <clears throat> like three weeks. Mm-hmm. Mm. And then you know, uh, the last week was spent in Portugal, and that was just to kind of unwind and yeah. eat some some food you know some kind of spoiled ourselves some uh, even though like you know mentally spiritually we were you know we had tons of we were rich in in that you know yeah. in Nepal you know that's something I would, Talk I would never the, trade the food you ate in Nepal over those 15 days yeah in Nepal in Nepal I should have taken off my shoes before yeah, yeah. Um, in Nepal it, we went vegetarian on the mountain uh, there were uh, even even when we got to the capital in Kathmandu, we you don't mind if I. Um, we we went straight to some vegetarian food. You know, it was we, the when we got up there, it was rare for us to eat any type of meat. So I mean, what we looked forward to was carbs. Um, <laughs> 
rice, mm-hmm. potatoes. It was, it was dal bot, so it was rice. Maybe some like I think some pickled vegetables, uh, some beans type of type of deal and uh, papad papada. Oh, Anybody right. that's out there, that probably papada was like some type of tortilla chip type of. Oh uh, uh, yeah, I think what? I've had that. Hmm? Yeah, it's pa- thin. Pa- we gotta go yeah. to the Nepalese place. Yeah, there's, there's yeah, there's one around here. Yeah. Um. Uh, what else was on the plate? Did you eat momos? You know momos. Yeah, yeah, mo- we, had momos. Momos we had momos. We had we had momos. There's some yeah, there's some on the mountain, some places. Uh, some some didn't. Um. We had, but we regard we had vegetarian it's momos. Vegetarian. Yeah, we had vegetarian no momos meat. regardless. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that 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 in itself, you know, with with the walking and oxygen and everything else on top of that, you know, we also had to go vegetarian. <clears throat> you know, at first was like, damn, you know, we can go for some like, you know, you know, some you know what we're used to over here is having a meal. Burgers. But even now, even after Nepal, even now it's kind of carried on. You kind of seen it a little bit it, yeah. today. I know. I was like, I'm not really. I'm not, I don't really look for you know I'm not really interested in I mean some red blood you know some red meat yeah uh, some chicken you know I don't need to have meat all the time you know and because uh, we were you know we were just you know we were, just, we were sustained with rice yeah. potatoes vegetables and yeah. it was enough and when you're hungry you're you're gonna eat whatever's there and everything tastes great because you're hungry yeah um, so that, that that was a that wasn't I wouldn't say it was a challenge, but because after a while you know we just got used to it and that's just what we knew what we were gonna eat. Yeah. And we also knew I think what helps is we also knew it was temporary. Mm-hmm. Like we weren't going to live this way, because you can't. <clears throat> it's funny because my mom, when we were younger, my mom used to used to give us um, chocolate milk. I'd say, you know, uh, milk and chocolate milk. And then she gave us, like, Ovaltine chocolate milk. You know, that was what we had. But one time, our our auntie, our tia, gave us, like, some kind of, like, Nesquik type of uh, chocolate milk. And, yeah, some real processed sugar type of stuff, right? Not to say Ovaltine's any better, but uh, Nesquik's, you know be better tasting yeah regardless we had some better tasting chocolate milk and like you can't from then on you know we you know if we were to have some oval team we'd be like dude what the hell we, we want you know we want this other stuff you know that we have at our auntie's house okay. so when you when you're offered this like way of living you know where we have access access to access to meat yeah. and all this food and all this you know all this good food everywhere and then you go and you're just and it's just taken away and you're only given the bare minimum right you kind of wonder like man when <clears throat> when do we get that back you know yeah. and we weren't given that. you know we didn't have that for you know, not to say for years and years but yeah. um, not to say, and again not to say it was a not to say it was a challenge or a struggle because it was only for so long and it was temporary you know we weren't forced to this was a choice um, but um, it was a good experience to kind of go vegetarian, to not have, you know, to to just have the bare minimum of 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 food, water, sleep, 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 mm-hmm. and showering was, you know, even even before Nepal, you know, I, I 
I enjoyed sleeping and showering. It was some, two of my favorite things to do. Mm, me too. And even more so over there, you know, after a long walk, yeah. you know, a good shower, sleep, some food in your belly, some warm food, some more water. And that's all you really needed, you know? That was it. Mm. That was enough to kind of keep us happy, you know? And, uh, you know, all that, a trade-off to see... <clears throat> The Annapurna Range and the mountains from a panoramic view and then to kind of go up up close to it, you know, to trade your comfort of, uh, you know, of the way we live here, yeah. you know. For that breathtaking fucking yeah, view. Yeah, it was, I would, yeah, I would never trade it. I would never trade that experience. It was, it was a great experience. seeing that panoramic Anapura view you won't be able to touch it here with the car alarms yeah but in itself like even here in Oakland the Bay we have you know just we find our own we find our own the phone you know our own beauty and wherever we're at you know like you know it's nice it's great here too dude you know it's fucking great but wherever you are man you gotta just make the best of it you gotta find it exactly don't don't think if you're listening to this that you gotta go to fucking Nepal to yeah, find it I was telling you earlier today man I I seen a dandelion fucking the little seed of a dandelion float float to the air mm-hmm. while I was listening to a speech by um David Foster Wallace where he was talking about when you sit in the line at the DMV or you sit in the line at the supermarket and you go, look at all these fucking dumb people and these, you know, overweight people and this, this and that. And he goes, don't, this is David Foster Wallace, don't buy that fucking story mm-hmm. that all these people are dumb or they're simple mm-hmm. or whatever. Mm-hmm. These people were made because a star exploded. Mm-hmm. These people are a miracle. This moment, even the DMV, is a miracle. Mm -hmm. Even fucking hanging out in line at the supermarket Mm -hmm. is a miracle. Mm -hmm. Don't miss it. Don't miss that. Whether you're in Annapura looking at that breathtaking fucking panoramic Mm -hmm. view of the Himalayans, Mm -hmm. or you're here in the hood Mm -hmm. surrounded by homeless and shit, it's all amazing Mm -hmm. because the alternative is nothing. Exactly. The fact that there's mm-hmm. something is a miracle, mm-hmm. is amazing. I heard him say that as I was walking to let you in, and I seen a fucking dandelion seed floating in the air, and I was like, yeah, dude, this is a miracle. And it's available every day, every moment. If you just stop and shut off the fucking story of all the shit going on in your brain, all the stuff you're worried about, all the things you want, all the things you don't want to happen, just shut it down for a fucking second and see where you're at. Right here in this room or if you are listening to this while driving, sitting in traffic, like see where the hell you're at. Is the sky blue? Is the sky gray? Is the wind blowing? Are the trees moving? There's nothing but fucking amazing, beautiful shit around us all the time. Mm -hmm. And we miss it because 
our brains say, no, nah, no, nah, there's got to be something more. There's, there's got to be something yeah, better, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And there's not, dude. Mm-hmm. This is it. This moment is mm-hmm. everything. Mm-hmm. Whether you're in the ghetto of Oakland or you're in the fucking Himalayas, mm-hmm. it's here. Mm-hmm. It's here now. And I know you know that because you've been in both places <laughs> and you've seen it in both places. And I just hope the uh, the listeners can get a little taste of that too. Um, don't fucking go and buy the tickets to Nepal or to India or, you know, go and do that. But don't think you're going to find it once you get there that you can't find right here and right now, mm-hmm. wherever the hell you're at. Yeah, even the Even the guide, uh, someone that does it regularly, uh, calls it a pilgrimage. Hmm. So for someone to see it regularly, to live that way regularly, you know, just to, to call it a pilgrimage, you know, it's, it does something for his soul too, or for their soul. And yeah. It's just, if you, if you feel you need to do something, right, to escape from this, um, Nepal's not a bad choice. Yeah. Nepal, walking, giving, you know, physically, emotionally, spiritually, everything, giving it, get, laying it on the table, and just, Focusing on your next step. It's a good place to be, you know. If that's something that you need to do, you know, if you need to escape from whatever it is that's going on around you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Highly recommended. Um, I didn't go because uh, I felt like I needed it. I, I went because I knew, to me, I felt like I, I, I took a chance on it. Uh, me that I would get something out of it. Um, so when I when I was when I thought about what I wanted to do for my going into my thirties, my thirtieth birthday, you know, most people. It's funny we talked about this. Most, yeah. you know, a lot of people would. Uh, I won't say most people, but a lot of people would would choose to, you know, party or drink or you know be around tons of people. You know, be validated. Yeah. You know, that you're alive, that you're here, you know, and celebrate your life. And for me, I didn't, I didn't want that. I didn't want to be, you know, it's nice to have family and to be around family. But I didn't want to be around the money and the drinking and the women and the music, you know. For yeah. me, I wanted to just walk and see some nice things and be challenged and to take away some stuff to take away from from the trip and I think I did and I'm very happy and I think we were we were very lucky to have and very fortunate to have you know the guy that we had and to meet the people that we met there and I don't know the way things turned out it was just it was just amazing right and just yeah you know maybe and then maybe that's for everybody that goes on this trip maybe they feel the same way you know and hopefully that's the case but in my experience it was it was amazing it was it was it was great <clears throat> I would say I, I, I took away a lot from from this trip and I wouldn't trade it for, for a club scene or anything else yeah. So. yeah it's really fucking cool and profound and I think uh, the majority of dream talking listeners can resonate with that that you're going into your 30th birthday 
and uh, we've talked about this you and I personally off off mic a lot that everything sort of that we do birthdays celebrations landmarks um, there's meaning behind it that sort of echoes and resonates into the rest of our year and the rest of our lives in a way and I know when you were 29 leading up to that 30th birthday you were talking about do I do I do the the party thing surrounded by people surrounded by you know um the the more unfavorable way to say it would be distractions alcohol mm-hmm. party mm-hmm. right stuff like that mm-hmm. or do I do what I really want to do what calls to my soul of like you know I'm 30 that's a it's a big step it's maybe halfway to two thirds somewhere mm-hmm. in there of my life um, what does this life mean to me what does it mean to be human what does it mean to have this fucking 30 year old body that I'm going to be carrying through mm-hmm. for the rest of my life and um, you already know I, uh, my bias I think you made the right decision to to go on this trip and to go with your brother and with your cousin and experience that at this critical age and this critical step I think it's gonna and it seems like it has will echo into the rest of your life you know in a in a really cool way which not hating on the people we've talked about this you and me we're not hating on the people that are still chasing the party Mm -hmm. still chasing the fun at 30 or 35 or 40 or 50 um but the people that are listening to this podcast uh are looking for another route most of them and i think this is another route it's another way to find meaning in life is another way to find what's important is another way to connect to your own inner soul your own inner voice and what it means to be human within your own body within your own meat suit and uh, uh, you know that's what this podcast has been about from the beginning I don't know if I've mentioned it towards the beginning but um, you know the first freaking podcast I ever did was with you four four years ago or something like that and uh, um, it opened up a, a door within me and there's been good majority of regular listeners I've corresponded with and all that that we're trying to um, find a different route not get trapped in the uh, the usual traps that are laid out by our own minds by culture by society that you know it's not worth it that is that this is all a trap that there's no light at the end of the tunnel. Um, I think there are lights right here and right now. Not even at the end of the tunnel. Right here in this moment, there are ways out. And there's ways to live a meaningful life. And to share something with your loved ones. With your family. With your friends. 
that's beyond just you know the next distraction and uh, that's what dream traveling talking is all about to me and appreciate you Lonzo for being along on this journey we're uh, we're 15 minutes in it's good it's a good podcast got any other lingering things you want to share with the people nah I mean I feel like <clears throat> so far it's been about my trip to Nepal so yeah. I think there's uh, maybe there's more questions you have for me um, no I just uh, um, I've asked it earlier tonight I'm going to ask you it one more time what uh, what's the best way to spend your time on this life on this trip on this time that we have here it's assignment this assignment <laughs> this uh <clears throat> 60 to 90 year assignment that we're on shit or even a day just today 24 hours what's the most what's important what's important yeah we talked about this a little bit earlier yeah Um, so my my answer to you was more was was just a bunch of things that were not important yeah you know it was my answer not money was it was it was we you know instead of saying what's important let's go over everything let's that's not all. important let's cut out everything I call it and cut out all the bullshit and what 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 I was left with or what we're left with is nothing right is just yeah. it's just it's just what's going on right now and like it's it's you know for people people listening you know you you think about you know your loved ones and stuff and you know you want to say that they're important. Or, you know, um, even something as like drinking and driving. Like, you don't want to drink and drive and maybe hurt somebody else or lose your, your you know, lose the stability of, of having a job and caring for your family. Like, all that's important. But what, you know, what determines what's, in, like, what's important? Like, to me, that's, I don't know, it's tough, because when I think of important on this life and this assignment, I think, I can't think of anything, really, because it's all just, it's all temporary, you know, it's all just for now, you know, it's nothing that we can take with us, you know, whether it be, like, the amount of homes you own, or your status, or, you know, any, any of that stuff. You know, and it's filtered down to, like, like even your loved ones, like, your loved ones eventually will have to learn to be, to live life without you. And so on and so forth. And the loved ones that they meet, you know, they will have, you know, you come in and you go out alone. And it's it's tough because, you know, when somebody hears it, you're like, well, what's important to me as, you know, Alonzo? Or what's important to Nick? You know, of course, we want to say our, you know, our children or our, our mother and my, you know, and or whatever, if your father or whatever. But it's just tough, man. Because I don't think I've ever had crazy importance, like to say anything, in a long time. Yeah. You know, like what's important. Yeah. You know. I don't know if I've had anything super important to me in a long time. Yeah, 
It's, uh... I don't, and I don't know if that's fucked up, or... I don't know, like... What do philosophers... You know, what would a philosopher think, or what do other people think as well, far as... Most philosophers would agree with you that it's all temporary. It's so... A fucking space satellite could crash in here and we're gone in a moment. We could step outside and some crackhead could fucking mm-hmm. put a bullet through our heads to steal $50 sure. cash mm-hmm. out of our wallet, right? Mm-hmm. And it's it's over. Mm-hmm. Oh. And it's, it's a tragedy. Our loved ones, our family, our kids mm-hmm. would mourn. Be, would mourn. Mm-hmm. But life would go on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I think that's what I hear in your share is that life's gonna fucking go on and there's something so clarifying that you're not the center of the universe yeah basically yeah you're we're, just we're not that important no we are just Talking a anything else little be. piece mm-hmm. and we feel like we're so fucking important that that the universe itself cannot go on earth itself cannot go on without us but it, we know, with just a little bit of looking, it can. Mm-hmm. You know? Like, mm-hmm. we've talked about, you and me both, you, your dad passed away when you were five years old? Young? Six? Seven. Seven years old. I have no fucking relationship with my dad. I just talked to him for the first time, my biological dad, for the first time in eight years, and nothing great. You know, I don't, didn't learn much from it. And so, we both don't have dads, so we're here we're all right you know what i mean so can we project onto our kids or stepkids it's so fucking important for them to have dads it's kind of hard it's kind of hard to sell yourself on that we're here without dads and we're all right right and it's like in the end i i think the stories we tell are the stories we tell but what we really do have is is today we have this moment and if if when we die if when the lights go out the lights go fucking out and there's nothing else or whatever is next is so far from this level of reality we don't even fucking recognize it I think what we have is today we have this life in this dimension in this way of perceiving and I mean dude the story you told about is fucking running two miles and, and doing zombies with the <laughs> <laughs> yeah, playing, playing zombie with, funny the, <laughs> <laughs> with their girls that's that's all the meaning I can ask for yeah. in a day yeah right yeah for sure I get I get a lot out of making them making them happy just 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 Explain to the listeners what what zombies is. Uh, so, so when I first met up with you tonight, uh, I said, "Well, shit." The reason I was late was because I needed to go to the college and you know exercise and stuff. But something that girls like to do, um, you know, recently is 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 play zombies. How, and, how old are the girls? And ages um, twelve and. Nine. Little twelve and nine year old mm-hmm. girls. Okay. Yeah, and, yeah, little girls, and they like to, you know, they. So I'll I'll run. It's, for me, it's a good workout. 
you know, I'll run around the track and stuff, but they, they I, like, I'll get on all fours and kind of bear crawl towards them and pretend I'm a zombie. And, you know, if they get too far away, then I'll stand up and run. And as, you know, as I get kind of close to them, I'll get back on all fours and crawl after them. And that's just what it'll go on for a while, you know, for, yeah, who knows, 10 minutes, you know, of doing that. And then I eventually catch one of them and then we take a break and we just lay there for a while and then we'll do it again. Right. And that's just what the, that's what they enjoy right now. And for me, it's for it's for me, it's a great workout. Yep. And for them, they get a kick. Out, they get a it. kick out of me running after them <laughs> and crawling towards them and scaring them. Right. Because they get they get I think they, they have a little they're still at an age where they really do kind of get scared of, that I'm going to fuck that I'm going to grab them, you know, uh-huh. and, you know. You know, I'm not gonna do anything, but you know, obviously, but I'll you know I'll grab them and they they enjoy it. Yeah, so, dude. that's that's it. Right it's there. pretty funny. Yeah. So and I, and I enjoy that, and it's funny because you know you you understand as you know we enjoy seeing them enjoy that. You yeah. Know? It's pretty basically what what we get. You know, that's our fulfillment. Yes, yeah, what I live for, dude. Yes, to serve, to service, to service others. Yeah. Yeah. For sure, it's not not our own selfish needs, but it's to see them kind of be happy. Yeah, so. it's so uh, so corny or typical or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I, I hung out with my daughters last weekend. We did this the the rose garden in Berkeley, the big metal or sorry, uh, concrete slide where you gotta grab a cardboard sit on it and you slide down mm-hmm. hella fast and mm-hmm. just the look on their face and Athena my little baby five year old would sit on my lap I'd go down there we go hella fast like just the look on their face all that stuff you're talking about about you know we could die we, you know uh, we wouldn't be missed life would go on yada yada mm-hmm. yada but you have that moment you have that moment of playing zombie with them chasing them seeing the look on their face Mm -hmm. like um it seems that no one else on this planet can give that to them this here today but you were able to give that to them I was able to give you know the time that I had with my daughters or whatever to them and um I don't need to look for any sort of greater meaning or big purpose beyond that that's fucking plenty for me you know, and uh, yeah, man. We're an hour in. Uh, I don't know what else to say but that. Fucking go out there, make somebody smile. Um, enjoy this moment. Enjoy today. You woke up this morning and got another sunrise, which not everybody got. So make the best of that sunrise and make the best of this day uh, if you get a chance to make somebody smile make them smile anything to add to that Alonzo mm, for what you just said yeah are this, is this like a closing thing or are we I'm, yeah. cl- I'm closing unless you got anything else yeah and then you have any more questions no I don't know I kind of kind of asked everybody hmm that's what we talk about Man, I talked about the meaning of life. 
Where do you go from there? The meaning of life. What's the meaning of life? God. <laughs> I mean, if the meaning of life isn't playing zombies with the girls, I don't know how you can top that. Yeah. I don't know. It's... Uh, what do you think happens when you die? Uh, what do you think happens when you die? Yeah. Uh, mm, the like the comfy like cushy version yeah of it is there's something after okay you know, what we what have you... we have to look forward to something okay after like it's a it's a cool little story you tell we tell ourselves me me I do I do genuinely 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 feel that life doesn't continue afterwards but what we did here with our time yeah. our energy uh, sticks around and it affects the people around you yes. and then those people affect the people around them you and then it affects the, affects the people around them yeah. and you know and so it's like a uh, Indra's net <clears throat> I really like I really like that mm. concept of Indra's net where yeah. the dew drops on a on a on a spider web and they all kind of mirror each other and those few drops mirror another hundred whatever hundreds of drops and so on and so forth and to for and forever and that's basically how I feel what happens here is we're the drops and while we're a drop you know it it affects the drops around us and those drop affects the drops around them and so on and so forth and that's that's it like that's that is as far as it goes and the person that raised me was affected by the drops around them and the person that raised her was affected by you know and so on and so on and now it carries on to me and the drops around me are affected by how i am and back and forth it's you know it's receptive you know it's it goes both ways and that's it dude but like as far as like <clears throat> reincarnation and like there being a heaven and hell you know uh, I don't know man I don't I just think I think I think that's enough yeah. I think our souls and w- what we do and our energy is, is enough for me to want to do better and want to do yes. good I don't need to, I don't need to have a promise of a pearly white gates or um <clears throat> or um what's about Hala? <laughs> yeah you know you know whatever you know whatever that is and <clears throat> anything whatever dude whatever whatever people want to believe in if they want to believe there's a a place they're going to after this then sure why not dude sure why not i'm on board dude let's, let's let's tell each other that story but i don't i don't i truly feel like the fact that you know, we affect one another and yeah. those people will in Just turn affect the people around them yeah. is enough for me to want to do good. Yeah. And I don't, I don't need a promise of anything else. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, yeah. Andrew's net is enough. I just read a Jordan Peterson quote today that, uh, you having a positive effect on one person, you look at it as I helped one person, but you didn't. You helped that one person and that one person has effects on all these other people. Their whole family, their whole friends, mm-hmm. and everything, right? Mm-hmm. 
so you can have some sort of a positive effect on someone you can't even understand in that understand in that Indra's net way how far reaching that positive effect is and mm-hmm. the the inverse is true if you're a shitty person if you're impatient if you're uh, selfish whatever mm-hmm. the same thing that that can have such a far reaching negative effect mm-hmm. so you you want to tell yourself the story that what I do isn't important or whatever it's just because you're just seeing this narrow view every single person you're affecting every single person you're touching there's a whole web of effects of that so every interaction that you have with someone do the best you can approach it meaningfully putting the best you know self that you can forward Mm -hmm. because you don't know you can't even understand how far reaching the echoes and the ripples of that is that's what I heard in your answer and I agree go out there and fucking take every interaction with importance with seriousness and do the best you can because uh, uh, you never know how far reaching one positive interaction can go. Yeah. And uh, just not even interaction, just the example that you're setting. You know, I, <laughs> to make it about me for a second, but when I have this routine with my daughters where we go and eat at the same diner every week in Berkeley, Saul's, the Jewish deli, and uh, they bring out the little papers and crayons and they color and stuff mm-hmm. while we're waiting for the food and they they draw me all the time they draw mm-hmm. daddy and them mm-hmm. and within the last couple of months they draw me and they draw big old biceps on me mm-hmm. <laughs> big old muscles because <laughs> I've been working out right they never mm-hmm. used to do that mm-hmm. and they never said hey papa we noticed that you've been fucking working out and your muscles are getting big they just see papa's the superman Papa's got big muscles, mm-hmm. right? And, like, that stuff translates. You know, my oldest, uh, Amina, is, like, doing the monkey bars and, like, pushing herself physically and this, this, and that. And, like, you never know how far every one of your small actions, how far-reaching mm-hmm. it, it is. Mm-hmm. So just do the right thing, do the hard thing. You know, do that thing that you don't want to do. Go to jujitsu class. Go to the gym. Whatever it is, like, just do it because it's not a, just about you. It's about everyone that you touch and everyone mm-hmm. that sees you. And uh, you know, yeah, there's not really like a there's not really a finish line to any of that either. No. It's just you just keep doing it. Yeah. Like, you know, you could. <clears throat> you know, you could go to jujitsu and be like, all right, well, once I'm a black belt, it's done. <laughs> It's like no, done. I don't think black belts just finish. Oh. Like I think they continue practicing because that's what they do. Uh, pe- runners, you know, if you it's the same concept with um, if you just want to run, like just you don't need to be the best runner. You don't need to have, you know, you can have goals, but like it doesn't mean you're done. You know, you just if you can just live a life, an active life like that, you know. Yeah, I think it's it's healthy for everybody around you. Like, it's funny it's funny that you said that about your muscles because like today even just today I was running 
and I like the the girls were like, I want to come and run with you. I'm like, all right, girls, but I'm really gonna run this time. You know, I'm really gonna run. Yeah, slow down. You know, yeah, no, girls, I'm really gonna run. Like, you run as much as you can, but then after that, I'm gonna keep running, and you guys are, you know, can play. But I need to do this. You know, and they ran their little like whatever little piece uh, of a lap, and then I'll just keep running. And then when I was done, they were like, I can't believe you just run all that without stopping. And to them, it's just, you know, it's just so, it's just so, you know, astonishing, right? To to run, whatever, two miles. Yeah. I think I only ran two miles today. Uh-huh. You know, to us, we're like, this is two miles. Dude. What the fuck? Yeah. 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 A little two, it's just a little quick little two miles. Little and to them, they're like, my God, I can't believe you just ran all that, you know, without yeah. stopping. And, you, you know. Yeah, you're showing them that's what's and possible. And they're funny, and they're like. Yeah, to them it's just so far for how, and I don't know. It's pretty cool because you get to show them, yeah, that it's this is something that they could do too. Yeah. You know, yeah, it seems impossible. Or even like the roller coaster rides, you know, you go, you take, mm-hmm. took the older one, um, on you know she rode her first roller coaster ride and she was so scared, but after a while she. She enjoyed it, you know. Yeah, you're teaching them that lesson that you can face scary mm-hmm. shit mm-hmm. when you have that feeling inside. Oh, I mm-hmm. can't face it. I can't mm-hmm. face it. Mm-hmm. You faced it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, and that translates onto everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. What should we talk about? I don't know. I don't know, dude. That feels fucking good. It's all it's all extra credit from here, man. We're an hour in, just hour and nine minutes in. Just name people. Just Jordan <laughs> Peterson, <laughs> Marcus Aurelius. I could go on about Jordan Peterson. Joe Rogan, if you're listening. Oh. <laughs> if be, Joe Rogan be, is listening you, to this. You'd be a pretty cool uncle, man. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I said earlier, I already have my dad picked out. It's Jordan Peterson. What the fuck, dude? No, dude. <laughs> I wouldn't. I said I didn't have a dad either, but I wouldn't pick a fucking dad. I just say uncle. My, uncle. my uncle would be fucking Joe Fucking that dude's cool. He's on the uh, on the vision board. That might be on his podcast one of these days. Yeah, that dude's pretty cool. He's a badass, bro. He's just an example of someone that like. I'm gonna make a career, a badass career, around doing just what I want to do. Yeah, no, it's not just that dude. It's just he just what comes out of his mouth. It's just yeah, it's just cool. Like the shit that he says. He's ass wise shit. Yeah, it's just it's just cool, like level shit. You know, yeah. level headed shit, and yeah. it just makes tons of sense. Like it's hard to like for me. It's hard to be like yeah. It's it's hard for me to dislike the guy because he just makes a lot of. Yeah. I feel like level headed shit, a lot of average across the board. I'm not to this, I'm not to that, you know. It's all live and love one another, but at the same time, protect your shit. And it's just kind of how I, how I kind of operate too, you know. Kind of how I navigate is, you know, I'll I'll love and accept all, but at the same time, you know, I have to, we have to, we have to protect our... Wearing these meat suits. Yeah. Protect our little baby meat Mm -hmm. suits. Mm -hmm. It's part of the game we signed up for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, there's a few guys out there that get it. 
you know it when you hear it. Yeah, Paul's pretty cool too. I met Paul. Paul's pretty cool. Yeah. Super cool. You want to go around and talk sometime? With Paul? Yeah. Yeah, the only thing with Paul, the only thing with Paul meetings though is like, I, I, look, I enjoy the Paul meetings. Yeah. But I don't want to make it a thing to where, like I've told you before, I don't, I don't want to make it a thing to where like, if I go, it's because it's, yeah, you know, like anything else, it's natural and like it's fun and like we go and we check it out and I go say hi to Paul and I get to listen to him. But I don't want to make it like a ritual, like yeah. I'm going to church, you know. I don't want to, I don't want to turn it into a thing where like. All right, well, now here's another Paul talk, and I have to go listen to him for me to feel... Dude, dude you're on to something? Because I, I need it. If I go a month without going to Paul, it's like... I call it like a drug. I'm yeah, like, see, I... that's what I don't want, dude. I don't, <laughs> I don't want it to be like church. I don't want it to be like going to a, a mosque. Like or, you need it. Yeah, dude, I don't... Come on, man, I don't... Like, yeah. If I go, it's because, you know, I want to see him and say what's up, and then, you know, have a little... You know, maybe a little talk, a little listen... And have some good food after, and yeah. that's it, dude. But yeah. then I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna turn it into a thing. It's good for you, man. It's a thing for me. I need a. It's like a drug, like a psychedelic drug. I I go a month without seeing him, and then I go and see him, and uh, it just fucking. It's like spiritual fucking mm-hmm. windshield wipers. Mm-hmm just clears all the bullshit off real quick but I, I don't know I have a pretty deep soul connection to him and his message but it's scary shit right he's old he's pushing 70 how much longer he's gonna be able to do this shit and then where am I gonna oh. go for it for, I th- but you know what I think that's not just Paul I think that's for anything with me I think it's just not being like to attach to anything you know it's kind of like a book even like a good book mm-hmm. like I try, to, I try to take away a good amount of the book but I don't want to make it a thing the Nepal it. trip I, you know I took a, you know some good takeaways from that but I don't make it like a centerpiece I don't make it a thing yeah. you know um, anything 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 that I listen to I see anything that I I don't know anything that I come across you know I try to take away from it and put it aside but like on to the next type of thing you know it's not it's not a theme you know well I mean ultimately hopefully the thing is your own voice of a higher power it's not relying on anything else it's within yourself you know and you don't need any guru any person any book and your religion to connect to it it's mm-hmm. just it's just there it's free you know uh, I was talking with another one of my friends earlier today about that of the direct line I feel that I have with the higher power is priceless because I can just go have a conversation with it and what is the higher power I'm talking about <laughs> hard to explain it's, it's deeply personal because the higher power it is me it's not any different than me it's within my own brain it's everything else but it's so clearly not Nick <laughs> yeah 
it's so clearly something else because I know Nick's answers for things are not ever the same as the higher power's answer for things. And I, I literally just today I put out a blog on the Laughing Stoic Buddha, LSB. I put out a blog called Techniques to Strengthen Discernment or the Voice of a Higher Power. Or I think it was Intuition or the Voice of a Higher Power. And uh, it's a hard fucking thing to talk about because it's, it's just so personal. You you know that voice uh, when you know it. And if you don't put in the concentrated time and effort, um, it's going to be hard to tell the difference between what's just the voice of thinking as usual and what's the voice of a higher power. Um, I've put in four or five years of figuring out the difference between the two. And I'm really fucking solid on when it's the voice of a higher power. Um, I don't remember what got me down that route. What we're talking about. But. Yeah, it's one of those things that it's it's an inside job. I can't give it to anybody else. You gotta just put in your own time in silence. Um, but you'll know it when you know it. And I think everybody does. I think every, any listener knows that voice, whether it's faint, quiet, whether it's rare. Uh, they know the voice of something that's greater, higher, beyond themselves, beyond their usual thought patterns. And, uh, that's it. It's the voice of your higher power. and uh, It's going to tell you what you need to do to be of service to the highest good. So listen to it. Run that experiment. See what happens. Dude, we're hour and 20 minutes in. We already beat our first podcast. This is good. Our next physical meat meat suit trip. Meat suit trip. Vietnam, bro. We're going to go... You think we're going to go to Vietnam this year? 2022? Uh, I don't see it happening this year. 2023. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. 2023. I just, took, I just took a bunch of time off to go to Nepal. And then probably my next bit of vacation would have to be with... Uh, you know the family yeah. yeah the family stuff we'll do, we'll do the next yeah. podcast after we go to Vietnam yeah I feel like we should go somewhere pretty cool you know we talk about we talk about like you know it's all just a memory you know and it's all just whatever it's all gonna pass it's a story yeah it's just a story whatever but you know if we're gonna sp- spend time on this assignment it's done we just thought a bad way to spend our time is seeing other people and how they live and it's I think culture. it's beneficial to everybody yeah. around us yeah live that Anthony Bourdain life for a week or two he would have been a cool uncle too if 
fucking Anthony Bourdain would be a good uncle. He's up there. Bourdain and fucking Rogan as my uncles. (laughs) Damn, dude. Some good uncles. They're pretty fucking tight. Yeah. I used to, uh, when Anthony Bourdain was alive, I had these fantasies of him doing a show in the Bay Area and me cooking for him. Because he used to have, like, just some basic-ass people cook for him. You know, he was into jiu-jitsu. Bourdain? Yeah, yeah. You ever watch his Bay Area episode? Mm -hmm. He was training with a crazy guy Mm -hmm. in the city. Mm -hmm. And the dude just cooked, like, him some, like, sausage and bacon and shit in his backyard. Yeah. He's a cool motherfucker, man. He was cool. He offed himself. Damn it. Got him, too. The nihilism got him, too. I mean... Who knows? That, I don't know. No is one that, knows what the fuck supposed to be, like... It's like... almost like taboo, or it's almost like frowned upon to fucking kill yourself? Like, um, bro, who I, the fuck are you to say, you know? I, I who can't are we to say to... That's not the way, you know? I can't say shit. Yeah, like, I don't care. It's just like, what it is. All I know is he was, a, he was a bad motherfucker. But he can't take it back. Enough. <laughs> you know, but... That's the one thing about suicide is he can't take it back. No, but that's how he felt, so... Yeah. I still like the guy. Yeah, he's a bad... He's a badass. Yeah, yeah. He's a badass. You can't take that away from him. Poor dude. Yeah, I mean... Is it poor dude? I don't know. He... Not for him. Poor daughter and fucking family. Yeah, that he offed himself, but... Like, well, he was here. Did he... Uh, he lived that... You know, they lived this assignment to the fullest. What did he get the other drops around him? You know? Yeah. He created more good in Indra's net. Than so? Much. I think so, for yeah, sure. Then there you go. 100%. Like, it cares how he, how he went. Yeah. I agree, man. So, Dream Talkers, go make some good... And those dew drops and those reflections and the interest net. Uh, thank you, Alonzo, for being here again. For supporting this journey, this dream talking journey. And uh, we'll do another one after we go to Vietnam. How about this time up? Then you'll be happy. <laughs> when are you going to be con- happy? This concept of then you'll be happy. Then you'll be happy. I dude, I, I don't know if you read all my blogs, but I put that in my blog sometimes. I put quote, then we'll all be happy. <laughs> dude, that's a straight little saying that I bring up like in Paul meetings and like, groups and shit. It's a good oh, one. It's a good one, bro. Right? Then I'll be happy. Like it's Where'd you get that from? Where, it was that was our thing, right? I think you made it up. <laughs> it was our thing. Mm-hmm. Of, this is like Buddhism 101 is you and me so in our in our world of construction right we got guys that are making a lot of money they're young a lot of them don't have families mm-hmm. and they go off on this thing of like I'm construction they, yeah quote unquote quote construction yeah, sure. guys talk about the next car they're gonna buy the next mm-hmm. truck they're gonna buy mm-hmm the next home, the next whatever. Just cash out refi. Cash no. out refi. Fucking cash out refi. Not that fucker. <laughs> Just all this shit. Uh-huh. And then I'm gonna fucking, I'm gonna buy this and I'm gonna uh-huh. rent it out. Uh-huh. I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna make equity. 
And uh, the joke you and I always say is, then I'll be happy. Mm-hmm. And that fucking captures it all. Mm-hmm. It captures it all because it just puts a fucking punctuation on the punchline of the joke that is postponing your happiness. Like, I'm, I'm going to be happy once I get the fucking, you know, mansion, once I get the the Porsche, once I get the whatever fucking truck, once I get the job, once I get the position, you know. I, I think one of the first times was... Once I go to Nepal. Once oh. I go to Nepal. And then on the on the female side of the house, once I get married, mm-hmm. once I got that ring on my finger, mm-hmm. finally I won't feel uh, all the insecurity and the fear. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll be I'll be I'll be safe because mm-hmm. I got the ring. Mm-hmm. Right on the guy side, it's once I have that fucking six figure job or whatever, then you know I got the home. Then everything will be good. I'll be safe. I'll be secure and. And the joke is always, then I'll be happy. Mm-hmm. Because whatever happiness that next level gets you, it's so fucking brief. In my, you get it. In my, what is the next? Yeah. In my experience, it's less than a day before the brain comes up with the next, the next goalpost. Mm-hmm. Hey, okay, what's next? Oh, shit. Well, this didn't make me happy, so... The next thing's got to make me happy. You know, six figures didn't make me happy. A hundred thousand didn't. Maybe it's two hundred thousand. Mm-hmm. One house didn't. Maybe it's two houses. Mm-hmm. And, like, if you can see through that, you can save yourself 60 years to a lifetime <clears throat> worth of chasing something you're never going to fucking get. That sense of contentment, that sense of enough. It's either here and now or it's never. never. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so it's a good little joke we use with each other, which is when we're talking about the next thing we want, we just throw that, then I'll be happy. And who is that action figure, too? Action figure's good. That's, that's Paul. That's right? Paul. That's the yeah, Paul. Paul. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's nice to get. So I'm, I'll let you explain because I, I talk about action figure all the time. What is it that you like about the the concept of action figures? Just the um, it's just like <clears throat> we know that we know there's no difference between the two, right? That's that's you know if we want to get into some non non dual stuff, but the fact that we can playfully separate our you know our day to day you know action you know when we say action figure we mean you know, or, or when you say it's the same, it's the same thing as saying meat suit. You know, it's yeah. or our want to, or need to eat, drink, um, breathe, um, um, shower, um, shit. Yeah, I don't know. The basics. Everything. The basics of Something everything. Basic, yeah. You know of what we do, and then. Our deeper me, our like our our ego, or everything that goes beneath that, our our mind and shit like that, and well, there's no different. But how we can playfully separate that, but just by saying action figure, because it's ba- that's basically what we're doing. We basically wake up, you know, wake up, we get up, 
we do our morning routine we do this we do that and even those that don't have a nine to five or even those that don't have a job like that you know you still wake up and do what a human does yeah Yeah. you're still part of a cycle yeah like there's no there's no out you know there's no no one can escape that so we are all at some you know we all are action figures yeah and it's just cool how he you know how he how he uses that to explain you know basically how we how we are day to day and try to separate that yeah get some distance Mm -hmm. so you're not fully identified as the action figure you can see it as this this thing separate from you that's um doing its thing Mm -hmm. waking up like you said shitting fucking eating Mm -hmm. sleeping waking Mm -hmm. fucking Mm -hmm. fornicating fornicating and Mm -hmm. we if you believe that that's all you are just the action figure you can get caught up in like life or death shit over those things Mm-hmm. over food, shelter, mm-hmm. sleep, fornicating. But if you see it as that that's an as, an aspect of me, it's an action figure. It, it has its drives and its needs and its shit that it's got to go through. But I'm not that. I'm that which is aware of all that. Then you can have a little bit of lightness. Mm-hmm. Letting the action figure do its thing. I think that's fucking huge. That's uh if there's any message that the listeners can can get that can really fucking create some traveling lighter and uh ease and comfort. That's something else that he says, huh? Traveling lighter. Traveling <laughs> lighter. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good one, right? Yeah. 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 Like it's not about like leaving the fucking life altogether it's just mm-hmm. traveling lighter over mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. you know there's there's shit you gotta do you gotta you know do your job you gotta take care of your family you gotta do things day in and day out but if you can just travel lighter over it that's you know Paul always says what more can you ask for that's kind of it like what what else do you need traveling light over your assignment here that's kind of that is the pinnacle there's not any great spiritual award or status that you're going to get like it's just traveling lighter that is the great gift yeah you know I said Rogan and Bourdain would be cool uncles but you know we're pretty lucky to you know Paul's pretty cool too you know he has a lot of like you know stuff that you brought from his talks there's like yeah "Yeah, dude that uh, fits perfectly you know that's you know some of the stuff he says you know say damn like just stuff like that just traveling lighter and action figure like the two things that that stick you know it's just simple simple things but just the way he uses them you know it's just pretty cool dude I I say regularly I, I wouldn't be here without Paul I don't downplay it. Like, I would... It wouldn't be where? I would still be trapped. Think so? In my previous marriages, I think so. My previous marriage in uh, a whole... What if, what if, if you didn't meet Paul, you were able to meet Peter? Peter. Yeah, this, this other, again, spiritual legend... 
<laughs> I never met Peter, so I don't the know. fact this is non-dual and his name's Peter. In the alternative dude, universe. Yeah, dude. Yeah. <laughs> I never met because Peter. Because you met Paul, you never met Peter. <laughs> so Well, in this lifetime, I only met Paul. So right. No, I I know deeply. You know, it's funny I said earlier and you laughed at me about picking a dad. Paul sort of is that male figure in my life. Twice, I won't get into it too deep, but twice I called Paul fucking like a little teenage boy. Fucking on the verge of tears. And I'm like, Paul, I'm fucking, I don't know what to do. Damn, for real? <laughs> for real, dude. Twice. I don't know if I've ever had that kind of talk with anyone, ever. Maybe it's a, that's a, that's a, that's an ego action figure thing of me. Oh, 100%. Yeah. 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 And I said, Paul, I don't have. That's a pride and, that's a pride and, it's like pride thing, you know, of being like. A man. Yeah. Just like. I don't know, I don't hold it, I don't hold it high, but it's it's happened for so long. I hit him with, I don't have a dad figure in my life, yada, yada. And he was just like, yeah, whatever, Nick, just, <laughs> just say it. What do you need? And I, what the fuck do you want to Yeah. And both times, just told me exactly what I needed to hear. And uh, it's a big piece of why I'm here and where I'm at. And it pretty cool. probably saved me at least 10 years, if not a lifetime, of uh, living a life I didn't want to live. And I shouldn't have been living for the health of my soul so I take it all back Paul's my my spiritual dad I'm really fucking thankful for him that's pretty cool yeah that's it's what dream talk is all about it's all about fucking 50% about Paul that everyone already knows it but it's it's beyond what people get out of listening to him on YouTube and stuff and the message. All that stuff's amazing, but to have him as a, a true mentor, a true fucking spiritual and, and action figure mentor in this life is uh, the reason why I'm here. Where I'm at, where I'm at. Saved me a lot of fucking time and heartache. Dude, it's... Okay. Hour and 40 minutes in. And it's 2 in the morning? Is it? Yeah. Right. I think we put in a good fucking podcast. Okay, if you say that. This is kind of epic. Yeah. I think this is a good one. This is one for the memory banks. Uh, Alonzo, thank you for sharing this with me. This is good shit. Thank you for the wisdom. Right on. Any last words? <clears throat> right on, brother. <laughs> Keep riding that wave. Keep riding that wave, brother. <laughs> hey, namaste. We love you guys. Oh, Good. yeah. Danny Ba. Danny Ba. What's Danny that ba. mean? Uh, thank you. Thank In Nepali. You. Nepali. Danny Ba, everybody. Go do the right thing. Peace.